Welcome to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond, Episode 44, How to Handle Life's Adversities, with Melissa Dumas. A lot of times we have this idea that trauma is what we see in the media as these headlines, as we've already mentioned, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. But trauma truly is any life adversity. And when we think about it as being any life adversity, the truth is we have all been traumatized in some way or another. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Yoli Tamu. The experience of trauma can damage your mind and your emotional well-being if left unchecked. In this episode, we invite licensed and marriage family therapist, Melissa Dumas, to share some effective and tangible ways to address trauma in a safe and healthy manner. We all experience some form of trauma, and it's never too late to ask for help. All this month, we have been discussing the effects of sexual assault and recognizing it as a form of trauma. But what about all forms of trauma that exist? Today, we have licensed marriage and family therapist, Melissa Dumas. She specializes in guiding clients through the complexities of overcoming emotional and physical trauma. Welcome to the podcast, Ms. Demaz. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're with us and that we can just really get into and unpack, you know, all forms of trauma. There's so much mm-hmm. going on. I right. mean, now in your practice, you decided to specialize in emotional and physical trauma. What motivated you to do that? It started back when I worked for community and when I worked in, excuse me, community mental health. And I was working with a lot of minors that had experienced some form of trauma and trauma, as we know it to be physical abuse, emotional abuse, and or sexual abuse. A lot of these minors were either in the foster care system and or being, you know, detained from their biological families due to abuse. And so with that experience, I was like, wow, like this is really impactful work and it is much needed work. And then during that time at the last community mental health agency that I worked for before going into private practice, the agency saw fit for me to be trained in a model called trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, which can also be said as TFCBT for short. And so I went and I did this training and was just blown away, you know, by the impact that my clients were receiving from from this particular training model. And so from that point on, I knew that I always wanted to be able to focus on and provide some service of therapy related to physical, emotional, or, or, or sexual recovery from trauma. Yeah. So when you talk about physical trauma, we're talking about abuse or are we talking about the effects that trauma has on the body? after an experience both we're talking about both and 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 before we even deep dive into that i want to take a moment and just you know speak a little bit more generally about trauma you know a lot of times we have this idea that trauma is what we see in the media as these headlines as we've already mentioned physical abuse sexual abuse emotional abuse but trauma truly is any life adversity 
And when we think about it as being any life adversity, the truth is we have all been traumatized in some way or another. And I don't say that to to make fun. And I don't say that to give label to anyone's experiences, but I do say it to normalize, to normalize that if you have been through something traumatizing or a life adversity, that you're not alone, that all of us, many of us have, and even, you know, us living in this pandemic and with COVID-19, we are collectively living in experience experiencing this traumatic event and all the things that are connected to that. So uh, as what's defined as what is trauma, trauma is psychological trauma that can damage someone's mind, that can damage their emotional or mental well-being, and it can be a result of one or more events that's causing them overwhelming stress. And so again, that can be anything that can be a major car accident, a major illness, having the experience of losing someone. So there's a variety of things that can be labeled or categorized as trauma and or defined as life adversities. Mm, Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Life adversities. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now as a, as a licensed marriage and family therapist who specializes in this trauma, when should someone just even, even ask for help? How do they know? Right, right, right. Honestly, my, my, my initial response is right away. Like as soon as, you know, you've experienced something right away to get help or to, to let someone know that something is happening with you, even if you don't understand it yourself, even if you're like, wait a minute, this thing happened. And since then I haven't felt like myself or things just feel off. That is an opportunity to reach out for help and to ask someone. And that person can be someone within your friend circle or someone within your family circle and of course professional help. I think that you know that is the first line of taking care of yourself is having that courage to be able to ask for help. We unfortunately live in, live in a society where asking for help can be misperceived as a weakness, but truly asking for help takes a whole lot of strength and it takes a whole lot of courage to be able to say like something happened to me or I'm just not feeling like myself and I need help. So I always encourage it right away. And even though you're asking for help right away, you may or may not need professional help right away. But the best way to be able to make that determination is to reach out and to ask for help to begin with. Mm. Now, you and I, in our prep call, we were talking about clubhouses, you know, its popularity mm-hmm. and how so many people are turning there to, to I think what you called it was trauma dumping. That's uh-huh. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a, bit, a little bit about what that is and what do you mean, what do you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that that is a common thing that is taking place on social media, period, where people are, you know, if we're speaking specifically about Clubhouse, hopping into these rooms and sharing their traumatic experiences. And there's a difference between sharing between venting and between dumping. And the the best way to know what you're doing yourself is to ask yourself, what are my intentions in this moment? If you can just step back and say, what are my intentions? And be honest, genuine, true, and authentic with yourself and answering that question, that will let you know if you are genuinely sharing to help someone else or to help someone in the room, or if you are venting because you're frustrated or upset or in pain over what has happened to you, or if you're dumping. And dumping meaning I'm just coming here to, excuse this word, I can't think of another one, but to vomit, you know, coming into the space and to vomit, you know, what has happened to me. And the dumping 
something may feel good for the person who has done it because they had an opportunity to get it out. However, it can be hurtful and harmful in many ways. It can be hurtful and harmful to others that are in that space because maybe they were not anticipating that and maybe it's triggering for them and their life adversities or their own trauma. So we want to be mindful of that. And it can be hurtful for you because social media and or clubhouse is not a safe space. It's not you know, a place safe, meaning that there may or may not be a professional in the room. And if there is a professional in the room, they're not at work and they're not there to provide therapy to the individuals that are there. And then it's not a safe space, meaning we don't know the nature of everyone else in the room. So what you share may or may not be kept private. And it's not a safe space, meaning that what you shared, someone may or may not take that information and misuse it against you. But in Mm -hmm. therapy, you are in a closed space, whether it's virtual or in person. And the therapist is bound by the laws of the state that they are licensed in to keep your information confidential and private. Whereas Clubhouse or social media, there are those guidelines don't exist. And the mm. other the other piece about sharing publicly and in, in the form of dumping is that you don't get what you need afterwards. Because when someone comes into therapy to share their story, the therapist has prepared them for those moments. And one analogy to think about or look at in and doing this trauma work, when a therapist works with a client, or at least the way that I work with a client when we work on trauma, the analogy to use is if you were going skydiving and before you go, I've never been skydiving, but, I, but, but I've heard about it. <laughs> before right. you go skydiving, the instructor is going to first teach you how to open your parachute. And they're also going to teach you how to open your backup parachute just in case it doesn't. And Mm -hmm. so very similar concept to to therapy and to going into a space and being able to reprocess or to process your trauma. First, we want to provide you with some tools and some resources. So that way, when we start to open up those trauma boxes, we know that you're going to have some something soft to land on and to wrap yourself back up once that therapy session is over. Whereas when you're on Clubhouse or in these public settings or public arenas, that, that soft landing isn't provided. And so you log off and you're like, okay, I've dumped my trauma, but now I still feel raw, emotional. I right. maybe even feel worse than I did before I hopped into that room or hopped onto social media. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that I want people to be mindful of starting off first with what are your intentions? And is this truly a safe space? Even if the, the label or the title of the name says that it is, if it's a public arena, it probably is not a safe space to be able to do that. Mm, this is so good. My goodness. Now, I'm just thinking about that young person who, you know, the social media is is what they use. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all they have. Yeah, uh, so they think, you know, and they're mm-hmm. afraid of pursuing therapy. How should they go about it? Do you think they should at least reach out to, I don't know, a, a, a friend or a family member they feel closest to first because some prefer to stay in church as opposed to pursuing therapy. So what mm-hmm. do you think are some of the initial steps? Yeah, absolutely. I think starting first with who you feel safe with is definitely the first place to begin. And that can be a friend, that can be a family member, that can be a teacher, a professor, someone else that is a professional, that could be the case. And there's a lot of resources out there. And, and I can share some of these with you later to add to your show notes, but a lot of 800 numbers for young adults and for teenagers and, and for adults to be able to call these 800 numbers and And nowadays, a lot of these 800 resources will allow you to 
text. And so that's another resource too. So if you feel like I'm not ready to talk about it, there are some safe places where you can text and ask for help if you're not ready to actually verbally share what it is that you're going through. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Now, I've, I've been told that it's always best to wait before you start sharing your stories public if your intention is to help others. You know, particularly for me, like I've been through an assault and had I not been over it and did the proper therapy and treatment for myself, I wouldn't have been able to talk about it and therefore mm-hmm. sit in this platform. So mm-hmm. when do you think is a good time to share your story publicly if you have that good intention of helping others? Right. I think everyone is different. I don't think that there is a, a designated like time. For, for example, I, I wouldn't say like, oh, one month, one, one year, six months. I think everyone is different because everyone's healing process is different. So mm-hmm. when you feel that you can talk about it, think about it and not be overwhelmed or not be triggered by the events that have happened to you and you can share them neutrally, that may be a key. But again, those are just some some very minor guidelines because everyone's situation is different. And then there's also the case of, you know, you don't have to, some people are never ready. Some people are like, it happened to me. I healed from it, but I don't want to go around sharing that part of me or that story. I just want to be healed and move forward. And that's mm-hmm. fine too. And mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 beauty of that is that you, the beauty of healing, I should say from your trauma is that you get to take ownership over your story and you get to take ownership over when, how, or if you ever share it after that. Mm-hmm. So powerful. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Now, our listeners, our platform is for that transitioning college student. So whether Mm -hmm. you're a freshman coming into a new environment, what that feels like emotionally getting away from home for the first time. However, you know, many are at home because of the pandemic, but there's still a mental shift. There's still a experience that happens for all of us. And then we also have this platform for college graduates that are transitioning into the workforce. So if you can leave us with some words of encouragement for those that may not even know that they're in trauma, you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. One of the things, you know, to be mindful of is, you know, paying attention to your mood. How's your sleeping? How's your eating? Are you having nightmares? Are you having some overt reactions? How are you responding to friends and family? Are people saying that you have a a, a bad mood or that you're oversleeping or not sleeping enough? Like there's a variety uh, of things to keep in mind. Are you having flashbacks about this thing that happened? Are you avoiding certain people or certain places? Mm -hmm. Are you having some extreme anxiety? You know, and again, this is not an exhaustive list. It's not a way to diagnose yourself, you know, which I know is common. A lot of times people will go to Dr. Google. So it's not a way to diagnose yourself. I want to make that clear. The best way to find out if you are in need of of professional services is to reach out and to ask because every therapist will do an assessment first. And even if you don't know a therapist, you can also reach out to your primary care physician and they can help guide you in the right direction. The other thing too, to keep in mind, going back to your statement earlier, Yolanda about, you know, some individuals praying or, or, or being in church and things of that nature. And, you know, in therapy, or at least for me as a therapist, I can only speak for myself. I don't see that as a negative thing. You know, if a client comes in and say, you know, oh, it took me some time to get to therapy because I, I go to church and I've been praying on this thing. I see that as a resource, you know, yeah. and therapy is to come alongside 
the resources that you're already coming to therapy with. So you come to therapy and you say, I talk to my friends, I talk to my family members, I listen to podcasts, I read books, I journal, I go to church, I pray. I'm like, that's awesome. That is amazing. I'm glad that you have some tools in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. What else can we do to add some additional tools to your toolbox? Because the ones that you have, they're working but what can we do to make them work better, more effectively, and make them work long-term for the things that you are experiencing now? Mm, And so mm. we can have Jesus, we can have God, and we can pray, and we can have a therapist too. That is okay. In some cases, God may have told you like, you need to go to therapy. Or in some cases, (laughs) God may have put that therapist into your life. So we can have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other, and they don't have to cancel the other out. And the last thing that I want to share is one of my favorite quotes when I think about trauma or the work that I do with clients that have experienced trauma is that we are only as sick as our darkest secret. And that means that when we can share When we can open our mouths and tell our story and ask for help and tell our stories in safe spaces Mm -hmm. and heal, then we are healed and we are in the process of being healed as well. Ah, boy, you are amazing. My goodness. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. My pleasure. I love it. You just summed it up and you brought it down front for those that have been hesitant because of religion. Thank you so much for that. Oh my goodness. Okay. Now how can they reach you on IG or your website? How can they reach out to you? Absolutely. As you mentioned, Yolanda, my name is Melissa Dumas. You can Google that. You'll find me everywhere. (laughs) I am on all social media outlets. You'll find me, Melissa Dumas, at Glad Tidings by Mel, which means me sharing the good news. So I share a lot of positive affirmations, a lot of tips on self-care. You'll find my private practice at You Help You. And then you'll also find my podcast, The Hats Podcast, on all social media outlets. And I also have a book called The Love Challenge, 30 Days, 30 Ways to Increase the Love in Your Relationship. And that is available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, also available on my website. Don't be afraid to reach out. Keep in touch. I love to see you on my feed or on my timeline connecting with me there. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This has been powerful. Oh, and I got to definitely check out your podcast as well. Thank you so much. All right, Melissa. Well, thank you for your time. And I will be in touch with you very soon. You take care now. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. Who represents a safe place in your life? I hope you reach out to that special someone or agency today. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to learn more about our upcoming virtual events, visit our website at thebacktomeproject.com. Until next time, be well.